Live from Smitty1.com Studios, it's the Fantasy Football Show. Live! Monday through Friday, 7 p.m. Eastern. What is going on, good people? You are watching the Fantasy Football Show. I am your man, Smitty, and we've got a lot to go over. Some some Deshaun Watson news. Uh, we've got news all over the screen. So we're going to take care of that after you take care of wiping your feet. Hit that thumbs up on your way in the door. And let's break down everything you see on your screen and more. We're going to talk about rookies. We're going to kind of relook and reassess the rookies, re-rank the rookies in, in a way, maybe verbally, some, some on the board here, and talk about what may have changed over the course of the last couple of weeks. Because let's be real, we adjust and adapt. If you don't adjust and adapt, you're not doing a good job of assessing the situation, taking in the news, and coming up with a, a, a recalibrated type of thinking when it comes to these rookies, the signings, the surrounding signings, all the two degrees of separation, free agency moves, offensive line moves, defensive moves, things that affect Justin Herbert that's on the defensive side of the football. So many people say Herbert's not taking that next step, Smitty. First of all, he was already the second best fantasy football quarterback. And for those of you watching that don't play fantasy and you just want to talk about NFL stats and NFL quarterbacking, they go hand in hand almost always. This guy was, I don't care if he didn't win, he didn't get far, he didn't do what he was supposed to do, make the playoffs, go far in the playoffs. That's happening this year. He was a sophomore. Okay, that was a sophomore season. Sometimes it takes a quarterback a little bit longer than one year, two years to make it to a Super Bowl. Okay, so Jalen, Justin Herbert is going to absolutely explode in 2022. He is my dark horse number one quarterback in fantasy football in 2022. He's my dark horse NFL MVP in fantasy football MVP. And I believe the Chargers, in my opinion, are the top lead dogs in this brain right here for the 2022 NFL Super Bowl. That's me. That's me. You may be different, but keep in mind your boy Smitty told you that the Bengals were going to win the division, and I feel very similar things are cooking in, in, in L.A. for this Charger team. It's a little more obvious than the, the Cincinnati Bengals situation, but I'm getting so much pushback on this Herbert stuff and the, and the Chargers winning the Super Bowl. It doesn't feel all that different. Like, people are laughing on Twitter, especially. Twitter's a toxic place to go sometimes anyway. But on Twitter, it's like, this guy's smoking. Oh, what do you want, bro? Like, and most people are talking from their own fandom corner. Like, oh, they're a Ravens fan. They can only think about the Ravens. I get it. And I have thick skin. I could care less. But it is funny when I go into different circles how the Chargers call sounds bold to some, not bold to others. Buckle up, get your popcorn ready. Justin Herbert's going to live up to the Herbert's the goat punchy in the throat stuff that we got going on here in the show. Uh, Deshaun Watson, news should be coming down. First of all, we're hitting the news. And now for the news. We've got news. We've got news. Deshaun Watson, according to Sports Illustrated, uh, there is a belief that the NFL is likely wrapping up the Deshaun Watson investigation. An NFL reporter also followed up on this news report today saying that typically when the NFL is doing this kind of investigation and they have been investigating this situation, they have been looking into it, talking to uh, the alleged victims. There are 20 uh, assault potential 
victims' claims against Deshaun Watson. The criminal stuff did not move forward, but there are still potentially around 20 pending civil litigation claims against Deshaun Watson, which means that there's still a lot to look at. The NFL doesn't need the criminal stuff to move forward to make a decision. Uh, they they can, at this point, um, assess that, that personal conduct policy uh, was violated, as, uh, I suppose, is what the way you could word it. And there's a potential suspension that could be handed down. Now, I've heard two different things about the commissioner exemplist. And, and I could blow smoke up your rear end right now and tell you, oh, yeah, I know exactly what's going on. He can't be on the commissioner exemplist. He can be on the exemplist. As far as it was explained to me months and months and months ago, and I had Tony the Tiger, the attorney, on. We talked about all this stuff. But... You can't put a player on the exempt list for a civil claim and civil situation, even if it's a criminal, you know, or a civil, uh, a civil win or victory or whatever. But we're hearing different things now regarding m- maybe a loophole in the personal conduct policy being violated, and then you got the exempt list possibility. Maybe we haven't got clarification on that. I'm still searching the ends of the earth. To get all the correct information because most people just regurgitate what they hear. I want to get to a source. I want to get to a person that understands the, the law part of this. You know, the legal stuff. Not somebody just read an article. Like, I've, I've read everything on this on this topic. I brought in Tony the, the, Tony the Tiger. We've talked about all this stuff from an extreme degree. As far as I know, in the current moment right now, I'm not ready to say that a commissioner exemplist designation could be handed down. I don't know that that can or cannot be handed down based on violating the personal conduct policy. But what we do know is that the league is looking to suspend him. We don't know if they're looking to maybe do a time served because he was suspended for their, in you know, techni- technically speaking, for the entire 2021 NFL season by his team, the Houston Texans. And they started a whole roller coaster ride for us with this whole thing before Bill O'Brien left. Now they've got a whole new regime in there. They're 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 a good organization right now. The Texans are building strong. If anybody tries to tie the DeAndre Hopkins trade, uh, the Deshaun Watson beginnings of uh, uh, the unravelings that happened early on to this current Houston Texan organization and ownership or management. They're mistaken because it is completely different. They have come in. They're cleaning stuff up. They've got Davis Mills, who could be that next quarterback. Maybe he's not. I kind of like him. They've got a really good foundation in place, and they're going to continue to build, probably continue to lose, and have one more successful draft, kind of like the New York football Jets did. Because the New York Jets drafted Zach Wilson. They got Elijah Moore. They had Michael Carter. They did some great things building that team up last draft. Then they come in this draft after losing again and build it up two times, fivefold, fivefold. This Jets team is ready to become the next Bengals. I don't know that it's happening and it's going to happen this year in this tough conference, their tough division, being out the uh, Dolphins, uh, the, uh, uh, the, I'm sorry, the, uh, the Patriots, um, the Dolphins and the Bills. That's going to be a tough order. That's a tall order. And I don't think they can do that. So they have to grab a wild card spot. Grabbing a wild card spot, some in some cases, harder than winning your division, especially the AFC. So it's not happening this year, but the Jets are on their way. And I'm not sh- even sure why I got on that tangent. I think I was saying the Texans were doing similar things. Yeah, they're in they're in lose lose now mode to build one more draft. 
Um, but Deshaun Watson, time served, essentially, is way, the way a lot of people are hoping this thing shakes out. I don't know that the NFL is going to look at it that way. A lot of this comes down to money. Money talks. If advertisers and sponsors are put off by this situation at all, we don't know if they are or aren't. That could drive everything you're, you're looking at here. The NFL wants money. The NFL wants viewership. Deshaun Watson on the field makes the NFL more money. That's certainly at play. There's a lot of things at play. There's a lot of strings in the air. But the question remains, more money could be lost by him hitting the field if sponsors and advertisers are going to pull out. Keep in mind, Beats by Dre, I believe Nike, they yanked their sponsorship and advertising agreements with Deshaun Watson the moment this thing dropped. It's not innocent until proven guilty when it comes to the NFL, when it comes to sponsorship and advertisers. It is in court. It is in a court of law. That is a great thing. Um, and we hope that continues in this country. But we're living in the, the NFL microcosm here where these things are different in the NFL. These things are different when it comes to advertisers and sponsors. So the advertisers and sponsors could drive this thing in a way that a suspension is going to come down. Be ready for it. Don't be completely shocked if the NFL says two to four games, time served, or no games, time served. And there's even talk about this suspension maybe coming down in 2023 when they have more information and a conclusion. The NFL is going to come to the table. The NFL is going to make a decision very, very soon. That decision doesn't have to be closed book. This is over. That decision may be, hey, we're not going to touch the suspension until the the case is resolved pending the outcomes of the case. If there's any convictions, because it sounds like Watson wants to fight these cases and not just settle to 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 to, to prove a point and to set up to not set a precedent that you can just do this and and win and settle. Um, there's all kinds of different things going on here and different things at play. The NFL may say, what we may hear is the NFL say a suspension has not yet been determined. We will reassess this once the cases are resolved. Watson can continue to play until that happens. That is a strong possibility that that happens. And, And that was a possibility that wasn't seeming like a very likely one months and months ago. They also could just say, let's get it out of the way pending whatever maybe we add on more if something negative unravels later in the case they can certainly do that if they want but we might give them a four to eight game suspension or a six game suspension whatever Brissett would come in to likely start they may use Baker Mayfield I would use Baker Mayfield if I'm the Browns because I feel like you could get a lot more out of Baker in a trade if you send him out there you go five and two and then you can trade him mid-season to a team that might need a quarterback and that might be a good tryout for Baker and to get rid of him in, in that in that context. Um, also, uh, I, my volume is just cranked up. I'm sorry, guys. Also, um, I think uh, the next the next piece of news, so that, we'll find out more on that. Just stay tuned on that. Man, I have the volume all the way up. Um, let's see. Yeah, I think we're done with the, the Deshaun Watson stuff. Just just hang tight. We should have more. It may come down in the next couple of days. We don't know. It could be a day. It could be half a day. Sometimes this stuff kind of rears its ugly head right before more news drops or right before something happens. It's kind of like a, a primer of the release of the real information. So this could be that it's coming this week. It's coming in the next 48 hours. We don't know. Uh, or it could just be that, that the NFL is just going to keep dragging their feet, dragging their feet. 
I think the team deserves to know. I think the Browns deserve to know what the the fate is, or at least the early fate of Deshaun Watson's career. Um, but uh, if I had to guess, I would say we we may hear we may hear a six to eight game suspension, or we may hear that this is going to be reassessed later. No restrictions are put on Deshaun or the team for right now. This will come in 2023 then at that point what does he do drag the thing out for for multiple years he could do that i i don't know maybe that's what the nfl wants again comes down to sponsorship as well so get ready for that uh first in the building today was swaggy then axe what's up axe uh jeb mealy jeremy uh 49 rb james appreciate you all being here joel uh, Pearson, you guys all rock. Wesley's in the house. Phillips in the house. Matt Slater's in the house. Spacula's in the house. All of you are in the house. We have 80 people in here. Please hit the thumbs up button on your way in the door. Absolutely, Deshaun Watson, that that like button. Just smash it, pulverize it, annihilate it, punch it, and subscribe if you are new. And the next piece of news, let's let's touch on this. Let's get this out of the way real quick. Uh Alexander signing a a massive $84 million contract with the Green Bay Packers. Hey, I thought they were over the cap. I thought the cap was real, Smitty. Hey, Smitty, didn't you say that the Green Bay Packers were uh, just like a month ago, like $40 million over the cap? And they signed Aaron Rodgers to a $150-something million contract because the cap isn't real. You can move money around all you want. Look at this, $84 million, $150. 150 guaranteed dollars going to Aaron Rodgers. You got 80 million right here. 84 million going to Alexander. Not saying it's not worth it. This is a very, very good move for the Packers. Although I don't know if the Packers have a shot at at making a Super Bowl appearance in the next two years, which is the window I give Aaron Rodgers. I don't think he plays three. I think he plays one to two, probably two years. And this makes him competitive. But Aaron Rodgers made a huge mistake going back to Green Bay. Aaron, if you're listening to me, take a big fat lap, Aaron Rodgers. You made the biggest mistake of your life not jumping on the Denver Broncos situation because I will take this not to my grave necessarily, but I, I, I'm very adamant until we hear otherwise that that Rod, Aaron Rodgers really wanted to go to Denver or stay. And that, that Russell Wilson deal just weaseled its way right in between. And Aaron Rodgers did not see it coming. He thought, oh, and I love Aaron Rodgers. You guys know how much I love Aaron Rodgers. But this guy arrogantly is like, no, one other, no other quarterback's going to, they want me. They want me. No, Denver said, we're not waiting around for this guy to decide and drag his feet. Russell wants in now. Russell, let's do it. And I think Aaron Rodgers went, Shiot and just took two steps backwards and then just went right back to Green Bay. I believe it happened more like that than people realize. I think he was closer to wanting to go to Green Bay than people realize. Or I'm sorry, Denver. And he made a huge mistake. He would have won a Super Bowl. Russell Wilson could win a Super Bowl. I told you the Chargers are my lead dog Super Bowl candidate. If the Chargers don't make, don't make win the Super Bowl in 2022, it's going to either be the Buffalo Bills or the Denver Broncos. My my three teams in order for the Super Bowl in 2022. In order, number one, the Chargers. 
Number two, the Bills. And I go back and forth on this one. This is almost a tie for me. Number three, the Broncos. Yes, I do see an AFC team winning the Super Bowl. Who do they face off against? Probably one of, you're going to be surprised. Some of you won't be. But it's going to be either the Rams, the Bucks, or the 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 49ers. And I know that you're going to laugh at that. You think Trey Lance isn't ready. Get your popcorn ready. Get your popcorn ready. I didn't say they're for sure. I said one of these three teams. That means these three teams will be battling it out in the NFC to be the top dog team. I don't think it's the Packers. I think Aaron Rodgers letting Devontae Adams get out of that situation and Aaron Rodgers not making it a mandatory piece of him coming back was a huge mistake. He got arrogant. He got uh, he got laxed. And he let, I think, a Super Bowl slip through his hands. These are the top three teams in the in the NFC. I'm not saying it's for sure the Niners. I'm just saying they're going to be one of these three teams. Rams are the clear favorite. Bucks are obviously going to put up a fight. And the Niners are going to be the dark horse surprise. This is the dark horse surprise. This is the obvious choice. This is another dark horse surprise. And my point being, Aaron Rodgers made a grave mistake. He should have never, ever passed on the opportunity to do what Russell Wilson's going to do, which is step into an amazing offense, command all these this arsenal of weapons, a good defense, offensive line, fun place to play. Fans are going to love Russell Wilson. He's going to ball out. Rodgers, you made a, a you made the biggest mistake at the end of your career and it's not going to work out well for you. Let's get into this topic here. Um Malik Willis I did a little Instagram reel where I said, uh, I pretended I was asking a question to Malik Willis. I said, hey Malik, um, are uh, are you here to groom and mentor uh, Ryan Tannehill? And that's how I feel about this situation. I think it's going to be Malik Willis in this lineup in Tennessee by midseason. I give Tannehill half a year at best. Maybe it happens faster than that. This guy is going to look like uh, 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 just a, a a a bad quarterback instantly. Like like in in the club, the lights are gonna come on. You're gonna see what he really looks like without AJ Brown catching footballs from this guy. Tannehill's upset. He's agitated. He's probably gonna play badly because he's agitated. He doesn't feel like he trusts the team anymore. He feels disrespected. He's going to be looking over his shoulder the entire time. They grabbed this kid. It it clearly flustered him. And he's got no weapons. He's got nowhere to go but downward. When you're a guy like Tannehill and you're flustered and you don't feel appreciated and you take away your number one weapon, you can only play worse. And that only cascades and snowballs. And I, I pretty much can guarantee you, almost... That, that this is going to end badly for Tannehill very quickly. And Malik Willis is going to get shoved into that lineup at some point. I wouldn't be surprised if Tannehill just got hurt or or ended up not playing uh, the final half of the season because he gets benched. Um, I think the Titans are going to be awful because they're not only looking at no, uh, no, no A.J. Brown, but they're also looking at a, de- a declining Derrick Henry that even if he starts off really hot, you can't feed this man 27 to 28 to 29 carries a game or he will break. And if you don't feed him 27, 28, 29 carries a game, he 
won't be Derrick Henry. Your offense won't survive. The offense will be less potent. Derrick Henry will face more stacked boxes. Derrick Henry is not a quick player when behind the line of scrimmage, finding the hole and popping through it. He's a big dude that's taking a beating. Every time he hits the ground, it's harder and harder on his body than it is for any other running back out there that's hitting the ground. The bigger you are, the harder they fall. This whole thing of, hey, this notion that he's bigger, he's built different, that's not a good thing. In the end, being built different is what's going to bring him down very quickly. Dude, still got a plate in his foot as far as I know. If anybody's heard any different, let me know. But that plate's still in his foot. He looked awful in the playoff game. I know it's one performance. I know he wasn't necessarily in tune or in the best shape. I get that. I give him that. But at the same time, with an offense that won't stretch the field very well, with a quarterback change that's likely to happen, with a quarterback collapse that's likely to happen, with more stacked boxes because no one's scared of them passing on them. And I know people are excited about Burks, and I was too, and I still like Burks, but this news report comes out, and this this could be similar to the, the report we had last year where everyone said Jamar Chase can't catch the football, and it was a bunch of BS, right? Well, there, there have been multiple reports before saying that Traylon Burks didn't look like he was in optimal shape at the Combine. Then you have this report that comes out that says uh, that Traylon Burks is having breathing issues during the team's minicamp, may be out of shape at some uh, to some degree. There's a lot of stuff floating around Tennessee. Tennessee's a disaster waiting to happen in 2022. And I'm telling you, it all cascades and trickles down from Tannehill through Derrick Henry and across the entire team. I'm staying clear of everybody, Tennessee. That means... Derrick Henry included. That means I'm drafting Cooper Cup, Justin Jefferson, uh, uh, Jamar Chase, Eckler. I'm drafting Javante. I'm forcing Javante early, even though his ADP is so late, versus making myself take a Derrick Henry because, I don't know, I kind of have to or people will make fun of me. I'm not taking Derrick Henry. And, And I don't know that I can trade him like I could last year. What did I tell you last year? Henry was going to get hurt by double-digit weeks. Sell him before double-digit weeks. He broke right before double-digit weeks. Right before it. And, 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 and if you think you could play that game again in 2022, my cautionary tale for you is that you don't know that in week one he's going to pop. You don't know that the Titans offense will move the football down the field. You don't know that Derrick Henry will show glimpses of his former uh, elite self for a long enough period for you to get rid of him at a value and get a player that you could have just straight up drafted at Derrick Henry's value anyway. If you think that you're going to get a Justin Jefferson or a Cooper Cup and redraft or a Jamar Chase or a Brees Hall who's going off at maybe week one, week two, week three, or whoever. If you think you're getting that player for Derrick Henry, if Derrick Henry comes out flat, you're mistaken. Why go down the road at all? Why not just draft the guy that you want to go trade Derrick Henry for later? It makes no sense whatsoever to make Derrick Henry even a late first-round pick. I will not take Derrick Henry. Let me go ahead and repeat this one more time. I'm obviously on a rant. I am getting viciously angry about Derrick Henry, and we must put this up and make sure everybody knows what time it is and make sure you understand thy assignment to make sure you don't make a mistake. 
Derrick Henry does not belong in the first round in 2022. Why? It's not that he can't rebound. That it's impossible for him to rebound. It is just very, very, very unlikely. Extremely unlikely. And on the off chance that he does deliver and become a really good running back for one more season, maybe a little bit under his old stats, why take the chance when everyone in the first round is safer? Why not take a Justin Jefferson or a Jamar Chase or even a DeAndre Swift who I had concerns about last year, but he walks into a different situation? I don't, I don't think I'm wrong about Swift last year. Swift had a lot of doubt around him. His coaching staff wouldn't give him the starting job. And it took half a season for that to happen. People drafted Swift way too high last year. He fell and fell and became more reasonable, even to a, a value that I kind of came in and accepted, and he earned that value. Swift now walks into 2022 with only injury concerns, and that's one red flag. That's something you can overlook when he no longer has volume concerns whatsoever. Swift's got a better team. They've got a better defense. They'll move the football down the field. They'll get in the red zone more. Swift is a better value than Derrick Henry. You would be, you're going to be wishing you could trade Derrick Henry for DeAndre Swift in week two. Why take the gamble on Henry at all in round one? Why? Why do somebody give me a tangible reason? Because he's different? Because Smitty, Derrick, but Smitty, Derrick Henry's different. You know, if anybody's going to come back from breaking in half, rushing for 2,000 yards, having a 400-plus carry season, busting and falling on his face, getting a plate in his foot, losing A.J. Brown, the offense falling apart. If anybody can do it, it's the man that's built different, Smitty. No running back overcomes a 400-carry season. You break. On top of that, he ran for 2,000 yards in the same 400-carry season. You don't really come back from that one either. Some running backs have delivered about half as much value. And people say this. But Smitty, half of what Henry used to do is still good. So why not take him? Because why not take a guy that's not going to get hurt? Why, not, why take a guy you're resorting to trying to get half the numbers? Not to mention half the numbers was last year. So people start arguing that with me. Look, he had a 2,000-yard season, 400 carries in 2020. So his cut-in-half season was 2021 last year, and his numbers were cut in half. And if you say, well, that's because he that's because he got hurt, Smitty. Well, guess what? That's part of why you break after 2,000 yards. That's about 90% of the reason your numbers are cut in half after a 2,000-yard season. <laughs> and then and then you get people say, okay, 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 okay. Okay, Smitty. I get you. I surrender. But I think he's going to rebound. You don't rebound. Once you break off the 2,000-yard season, once you break in half, like Derrick Henry broke, you don't come back. You don't have a 2,000-yard season. Break. Fall off the face of the earth and climb back in. And say, can I get back in the first round? It doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. Alexander, Vag, please DM me on Instagram right now. Vag wants into the league. You're in, pal. You're in, Vag. Appreciate you. Um, avoid Derrick Henry. 
avoid Derrick Henry. You in the back, avoid Derrick Henry. Kevin, you in the corner, avoid Derrick Henry. D2W Stu's in the house. Everybody give DW2 Stu. D2W Stu, a round of applause. You are approved, young man. Where are you? Where are you? Here you are. You've just been Smitty approved. Go to my Twitter. Um, I'm going to pin the link right now. Go to my Twitter. Actually, let me drop the link right now. D2W Stu. Uh, Yeah, go to my Twitter. I should have it pinned here in a second. And if you guys want to participate in the D2W Stu um, uh, GoFundMe, go check it out. I think it's still on my Twitter. It is. It should be like two or three tweets down. Just go check it out. But go help our boy D2W Stu. D2W Stu, we appreciate you. We're glad you're here. You are one of us. Get better soon, pal. Get better soon. Um, that's my rant in, in terms of Derrick Henry. Stay away from him. There's no need to go near him. No need whatsoever. Uh, Traylon Burks, I'd stay away from him for right now. I, I know I like him a lot. Look, you just an adapt. I could sit here all day long and say, hey, but I liked him earlier. I have to stay with him because I said. I'm not doing that. I'm not that analyst. If you want an analyst that just digs their heels in, and says, well, because I said it, it has to be. Or I'm a wishy-washy person. I go back and forth. Look, we've got a lot of evidence here that Traylon Burks may potentially be not out of shape necessarily. But he's having breathing issues. He was called potentially a little bit out of shape at the Combine by a few different people. So it's it's time to to maybe just back off a little bit. If he, start, if he starts showing signs of being solid... I, I like it. You know, if Malik Willis and him can build rapport together, sure. In Dynasty, I'm okay. But if anybody's expecting Traylon Burks to come in and Jamar Chase, the NFL, if anybody's expecting him to come in and people are getting burrowed left and right and people are going to remember it. Get burrowed. This man ain't burrowing anybody as a rookie with Ryan Tannehill throwing him the football in a, in a falling apart, collapsing offense that's going to be very, very easy to, 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 I think, attack. Um, yeah, defense. I know there's still some potential upside in Tennessee. I'm not saying they can't win games, win eight games. I'm not saying they'll be a two or a three win team, but this is not that number one caliber seed team that they were last year. Whereas like, even without Derrick Henry, they still won games. They still got it done. They got rid of their best player. They got rid of their best player in A.J. Brown. It was a debacle, a mistake. The same thing KC did, getting rid of Tyreek Hill, ruined their chances of winning a Super Bowl in 2022. They could have been a top four NFL team in 2022. They gave it away. The Green Bay Packers gave it away. Hey, here's Devontae Adams. We don't need a Super Bowl. We don't want it. Gave it away. This continues to happen. And it's crazy that teams are throwing their chances away because they want to what? Not 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 have a, uh, a tough stance with a player because they got social media because they can un- they can archive all their posts like it's ridiculous. The players have less leverage than than I think these teams are making it out to be. It's just not the case. Stay away from from Traylon for right now. At least in redraft and dynasty, I still like him, but I don't like him as high right now. This kid I like. Alec Pierce could be better than Traylon Burks in year one. And could potentially be better on his career. He's in a good spot. Everybody thinks Michael Pittman is the number one wide receiver. And in theory, on his face, walking in the door, certainly Pittman's the guy. But this kid, Alec Pierce, might turn into 
that kind of surprise rookie wide receiver maybe isn't ever going to be Jamar Chase or Justin Jefferson or a top 15 overall pick, but this kid could be like the 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 Lockett or the Adam Thielen or the, the type of wide receiver that just delivers pretty good numbers year in and year. Like he could become that kid. You need to watch him. And he's one of the better rookie wide receivers to grab if you're only thinking redraft or now value because he could put up some of the biggest rookie wide receiver numbers as a rookie he could pl- he could he definitely could have better numbers than Jamison Williams who I like better in long-term dynasty thinking but Alec Pierce probably will outscore him in fantasy and redraft so this is a very good wide receiver that's turning heads he just signed his four-year deal and he looks really good 53 overall draft capital the Colts really like him watch out Watch out. A lot of people saying Jordy Nelson 2.0. I couldn't agree more. There's a lot of value here in Alec Pierce. Green Bay might have done good grabbing this kid. Here's another. We're doing a lot of rookies. This is a lot of rookie wide receiver talk. I like it. Jalen Tolbert. This kid looks pretty good. He's an outside wide receiver, primarily an outside wide receiver that comes in to replace probably an often likely to get injured again. Gallup. Will Gallup stay healthy? This kid might be his replacement. If Gallup goes down, I'm not that worried because this kid looks pretty smooth and fluid in practice right now. I've watched him. He looks really fluid. That's the best word I can use, fluid. He looks very smooth. And and I think that he's going to build great rapport with Dak. I'm not saying he's going to be become the number one. It's C.D. Lamb season. Lamb is going to absolutely have a, have a day and a season. Get Lamb. Don't think for a second I'm a, I'm not on the CD Lamb train. I'm just liking this kid Tolbert. He's got some good dynasty value. So go uh, go attack him. Another rookie wide receiver. They're all in the in the news today. John Mechie. I like Mechie. And and like I said about the Texans earlier in the beginning of the show, they've got a lot of upside this Texans team. And it's different. It's not O'Brien anymore. This is not the team uh this is not the GM and and staff that kick-started the Deshaun Watson debacle. This is not the GM and staff that traded away Hopkins for a ham sandwich to the Arizona Cardinals. This is not a staff that had any part of that that collapse and horrible, laughable uh, situation that was going on there for years. They're building something. And Mechie and Mills, they're both young. Maybe they develop together. Maybe they develop together. So I like Mechie a lot. He's got a lot of upside. He doesn't have as much as Alec Pierce in year one. But for long-term purposes, this is not a rookie, but this is a new wide receiver landing spot. Look, I may have not given him enough of a, uh, you know, hey, he could be something he's worth picking up. I kind of crapped on Jarvis Landry when he signed in front of everybody, and I need to apologize. I need to take a, a, a baby lap, just a verbal. Take a lap, take, take a I mean, lap. I don't need to take, take the visual lap, whole take, effect. Take I need to take a verbal. I should have given Landry a little bit more respect. Now, I don't think he's going to be more than a wide receiver three. But he could be a pretty good wide receiver three if Mike Thomas is out of the picture. If Winston stays healthy, this could be a pretty good wide receiver three in fantasy. I don't think wide receiver two. I don't think anything higher than that. I'm not getting crazy here. That's why I did a baby lap. Take a lap. Tiny, tiny little itty bitty lap. But but don't think, don't get crazy. But he should have got wide receiver three respect for me. I apologize. I apologize. I jumped the gun. I think he's been sitting there so long stale on the shelf. 
uh, cobwebs all over him. It made me just kind of react funny to it when the signing came. I'm like, don't listen. Don't worry about that. It's a nothing, a nothing situation. He's worth grabbing. He's worth grabbing. But very, very late. Nobody get too excited, okay? Um, this, this news is nothing. This is another nothing piece of news. And I don't think I'll need to take a lap on this one. Drew Brees in jest said, I, you know, everybody's so worried about me. I might, I might broadcast. I might come back to football. You know, I might do this. I might do that. He said a bunch of very crazy wide range or wide array of stuff in this in jest comment. And everybody took it for a breeze may return. He said he may return. He was joking. The dude had shoulder surgery. He couldn't throw the football toward the end there. I doubt he takes uh, time off, comes back year a year over a year later and can all of a sudden throw the football. So even if he wanted to come back, it would it would not result in a good outcome. So this is a nothing situation. Until he decides to make a mistake and try to come back, we're going to leave it there. It's nothing to talk about. Uh, Chris Olave signed his four-year deal. I wanted to bring this up because... Uh, similar to the Jarvis Landry situation, Olave and Landry both go up significantly in wide receiver three value. Nothing higher than that in terms of your investment cost of entry. If 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 Mike Thomas is out, uh, Mike Thomas had a hurdle, a couple hurdles he still had to go over. Um, Michael Thomas is not a guaranteed or locked to play week one. He could end up being okay. I think if he rushes back at all, he'll just get hurt again because his body's in that mode. If he's rushing himself and not 100%, he's going to get hurt. He's a very injury-prone player at this point in his career. So any kind of uh, not ready and comeback type situation is going to result in an injury. And he may not come back right away. We don't know what these hurdles are. I told everyone no news was not good news in the case of Mike Thomas all offseason long. Similar to how it was not good news last offseason when we didn't even know he didn't have surgery. Dude comes back and literally tells us, I haven't had surgery yet. And it was like, okay, well, the season's starting, you know, and he busted on everybody all year long. Again, again, believing in MT and believing in Christian McCaffrey and believing in Saquon Barkley, they all feel very similar to me. Saquon Barkley, Christian McCaffrey, Mike Thomas. These are three players that all share very similar traits in that they've failed you multiple years in a row okay not one multiple years in a row and until they prove it you should not go chasing them in drafts if they fall to you at a ridiculous value like McCaffrey falling to the turn 12 13 bookend picks maybe 11 or 10 maybe I take the gamble in one league but if you're out there drafting McCaffrey shares left and right you're gonna be set up for disappointment most likely why would you do that to yourself after two years in a row of being completely disappointed and left holding the bag you're gonna do this shame on me three times routine with these guys I don't think so so stay away from Barkley stay away from Christian McCaffrey stay away from Mike Thomas unless they fall to very good values that are way beyond their ADP and they're extremely low risk and all upside. Okay, um, Chris Olave. There you go. That is the end of the news section of the show. And now it is time to migrate over to the voicemail part of the show. Let's do it. It's voicemail time. Drop a voicemail at the Fantasy Football Show on the gram. Tell your grandma. 
Now we head to the voicemails. If you want to drop me one, definitely send me one. Patrick did. You don't have to be in the voicemail group. Anybody can drop me a voicemail on IG. It just so happens I like to throw a bunch of you together so I can find them all in one place. And if you would like to be in the voicemail group, DM me voicemail and then ask me if you if I could put you in. First word, put voicemail. Hey, Smitty, what's up? Um, I'm actually at work, but uh, I got a few seconds. So I have to sign back on. I work at Warehouse, and there's work that's going up there, right? Um, I actually got back into the Cup League, but Patrick... I I think he he might be asking me something about the Cup League, so we're going to move on from that. All right, here we go. This one comes from... Grant. Not our Grant. Smitty, what are your thoughts on the situation in Kansas City with... Uh, Juju and uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling and Sky Moore, both for uh, redraft and dynasty outlook. Thanks. KC wide receivers is the topic at hand. How do I feel about the KC wide receivers? Um, Honestly, I'm not excited about it. I feel like a lot goes into making a wide receiver, especially in KC. The offense is so complex too. Like new players coming over. Everyone expects Juju to just fit in right away and and blow up. I mean, it sounds like he's less focused on TikTok, which is good because he needs all of his attention on learning the playbook in this offense. It is complicated. Uh, Mahomes didn't know how to read a defense till his third year. Damian Williams didn't know how to run any of the plays. He had to be told where to go his entire first year. Like, everyone doesn't... Clyde Edwards-Alaire was not unleashed as fast as we wanted and part of that was because of the playbook and how complicated it is. It's kind of funny that we're seeing the repeated situation over and over. The writing's kind of on the wall. And yet, everybody continues to ignore it when a new person comes in. Or, in the case of like Ronald Jones coming in. Oh, he's going to get us. No. No. Ronald Jones. And, and I, I apologize, Ronald, for this. But I don't know that Ronald's like a rocket scientist. Like, I'm not saying he's not a smart man. Okay, I'm just saying I don't think he's a rocket scientist. And I think it will require a rocket scientist to come in and just know this playbook and understand it very quickly. Therefore, Clyde Edwards-Alaire has a little bit of sleeper value when you consider... Calm down when you're out there going, I'm not trusting Clyde. Look at his ADP. Round 7? We do mock drafts through round 5 and sometimes round 6. We never see Clyde Edwards-Alaire get drafted. That means he has an ADP of at least late 6th to 7th round range. And if you look at my uh, my strength of schedule at sleeperu.com. Want bold year round rankings, trade calculators, and bold predictions? Get on over to sleeperu.com. I do... Whoa. I do my strength of schedule differently than the average bear. Your boy Smitty does rushing stats and receiving stats combined because what do you play are you playing in a, a 2001 or 1985 fantasy football league where you only look at rushing stats I mean really are, are we just looking at rushing stats because I don't do that my strength of schedule encompasses receiving and rushing and because almost every back in fantasy football now is a PPR guy it's important to look at and the Chiefs have one of the top two overall running back schedules. I just want to throw that out there. To the question at hand, wide receivers. I'm going to say I kind of like 
I kind of like this uh, this Ross kid, Justin Ross, more than I like anybody. I like Sky Moore as the likely top dog there. Um, I don't think Miko Harmon's really put it together, but he could still have something to say. I don't think Juju's going to be the main guy. He could do okay. Um, I, I think really it's going to come down to Sky Moore or that Ross kid just completely being that gem that was behind everybody and everybody making a huge story out of it. I'm not saying it's likely. I'm just saying grab Ross and deep, deep dynasty. Hey, Smitty. Curious to get your thoughts on both Hunter Renfro and Devonta Smith. Uh, both were number ones for their team last year, but their team traded for new number ones in uh, A.J. Brown and Devonta Adams. So curious what your thoughts for Hunter Renfro and Devonta Smith for both redraft and dynasty outlook going forward. Are they buy or sells or uh, hold on to them? Thanks. Yeah, uh, D. Smith and Renfro. Let me put that up here. D. Smith and Renfro. Um, there's a lot of those cases, man. Look at Elijah Moore. Now he's got Garrett Wilson there. Look at St. Brown. Now he's got Jamison Williams there. Look at Renfro. Now he's got Adams there. Look at D. Smith. Now he's got, uh, you know, A.J. AJ Brown. There's a lot of these situations. Elijah Moore especially is one of them. Um, I think these guys fall into a wide receiver 3-4 category or you pass on them. I like Devontae Smith a lot. I think Jalen Hurts takes a huge step forward. And I would go ahead and invest in Devontae Smith. I don't know there's enough footballs for Renfro to, to repeat any kind of season like he had last year. I think it's Devontae Smith um, of these two. And then Elijah Moore and Garrett Wilson. I like Garrett Wilson a little bit, but he wasn't my number one wide receiver. I do like him. Um, and I like him in this spot. But I will say that I think Elijah Moore... I don't think anybody should write him off as the number one there, even for the future. He still might be better than Garrett Wilson. We will see. We will see. I think it's just something I wouldn't I wouldn't write him off. Logan. Hey there. I was wondering if you think it's a good trade in Dynasty for me to trade 1.09 of the rookie draft, 2.09 and 3.09 for T. Higgins. Uh, my quarterbacks are Joe Burrow and Trey Lance in a 1QB league. Uh, my wide receivers are Waddle, Pittman, Yeah, I'll stop Cal. you right there. I don't even need to hear the rest of it. Yeah, I would do that. I mean, Higgins is getting drafted like in the third round. So like your trade value with Higgins is phenomenal. Um, I don't know that I like Higgins as well as everybody else, but like 1.9, you throw Higgins into the, into the draft, he's getting drafted before 1.9. And those other picks are just, you know, they do make it a little bit more enticing for the other person to pull the trigger on but it doesn't make me stay away from it. So give me T Higgins for 1.9 and later seconds and whatever. Uh, de- definitely think I would, I would make that move. Thanks Logan. Josiah. Hey Smitty, do you think it's smart to go all in on the Broncos this year? Um, I got Russell Wilson, Javante and Jerry Judy in one of my dynasty leagues. Do you think that's a smart idea? Let, let me tell you about going all in on a team because there's a misconception as to whether this is smart or not. People will tell you blanketly. A blanket statement, which is always so dumb when people use blanket statements to explain things. When you end up doing an all-in approach, you have to look at the draft capital because it tells you what your team's going to look like. So here's round one, two, three, four, five, six. If you go all-in on a Broncos team, you're talking about Jerry Judy somewhere, let's say there. You're talking about Russell Wilson probably somewhere right there. You're talking about Javante Williams now right here. If you go all in on Broncos, 
you still have a first-round player, a third-round player, a fourth-round player equivalent to carry your team if the Broncos have a bad game. This this is not a problem at all. You can definitely go all Broncos. Uh, where it would get complicated, let me use an example uh, uh, of previous years. So uh, five and six and two. So in previous years, Tyreek Hill would cost you a first-rounder. Mahomes would cost you... Or uh, Kelsey would cost you cost you a second rounder. Uh, so Hill, Kelsey, and and Mahomes, let's say, you'd have to spend your top three picks on these guys. Or even if you just left Mahomes out, you took uh, Hill and and Kelsey. You're spending your top two picks on these guys. If the KC Chiefs have a bad game, you have your first and second rounders down, and you only have your third and and fourth and fifth rounders to help carry you. So it very much depends on where you're getting these players and you're stacking, if you know what I mean. So all dependent on the draft capital, because what do you have to support it if they fail? Let's go to voicemail group number two. This is Tony. Hey, Smitty. So I was just offered Monty and a first round pick number three overall Tony for mixing. Do I pull that trigger? Monty in the three for Mixon. If it's Dynasty, you've got to consider it because Mixon's got one year left, in my opinion. I'm thinking worst-case scenario here. One year left, then you worry about a missing games. This guy has faced stack box after stack box for years waiting for this team to get where it's at now. Doesn't make him a uh, uh, spring chicken just because they got there. He's going to start breaking. He's going to start breaking. So, I love this trade. If Kenneth Walker falls to your three pick, which he can fall, people are just down on this kid, Kenneth Walker. And so it wouldn't surprise me if Garrett Wilson went to, or Drake London went to. If you think you can get a, a, a Walker and Monty out of Mixon, I would take Walker straight up for Mixon in a dynasty in a harpy. I would give additional picks, like tons of second rounders, whatever they wanted to swap Mixon and Kenneth Walker. So you got to answer that question for yourself. Can you get Kenneth Walker? If so, I'd do that. If Alvin Kamara is suspended, uh, how higher do you put Mark Ingram now that or now that he's on the Saints or he's been on the Saints? The Bruce is loose. The Bruce wants to know if Kamara gets suspended, what are we doing with Alvin Kam- or what are we doing with uh what was the question again? If Alvin Kamara is suspended, uh, how higher do you put how Mark higher? Ingram now that, or now that he's on the Saints? I love the Bruce. The um, uh, let's let's look up. Let's see what let's see what Mark Ingram's even doing. To be honest with you, I don't even know what his like status is. Is he is he healthy? Uh. I don't even know, bro. I haven't heard much about Mark Ingram at all. I would say Tony Jones is probably the more likely if he's still in good favor. I don't know. Um, Tony Jones, they did, they drafted a, didn't they draft a rookie? I thought they drafted a rookie. I don't know, man. I don't, I, don't, I, I would say Tony Jones, but Ingram could be okay, I suppose, but I don't know that I'm going after him, bro. If you're, if you're having to start the backup running back in that situation, you're going to be in some trouble. I have one for Judge Smitty. 
Should I give up the 1.3 for A.J. Brown and Jalen Waddle? The 1.3 for A.J. Brown and Jalen Waddle? Did I hear that correct, the Bruce? Because you're taking a lap. I have one for Judge Smitty. Should I give up the 1.3 for A.J. Brown and Jalen Waddle? And, he said and. The 1.3 for both A.J. Brown and Jalen Waddle. Take a lap. Take a lap right now, Bruce. That was That's a home run, and you should have hit accept already. Hey, Smitty, it's Tariq. Happy Tariq. Monday. I hope you and your family had a fantastic weekend. Uh, the question for today's show, uh, you talk about pairing Madison with Dalvin Cook. Do you feel the same way with drafting Aaron Jones and also pairing him up with A.J. Dillon? Thanks, Bob. I like how he says drafting Aaron Jones to pair with A.J. Dillon, which I, I, I respect and I, I kind of feel the same way. But it is funny that uh, A.J. Dillon's value is higher than, than Aaron Jones. But yeah, I mean, if you can cuff the two, that also comes down to, and this is where now we have a situation where, let's go over this. So you have, you used to have, one, two, three, four, five, six. Nick Chubb goes right here. You used to have it to where you had to spend Cream Hunt. Cream Hunt would have to get drafted like somewhere in here. And you couldn't cuff Chubb and Hunt. It was impossible. Well, now it looks like we're seeing Cream Hunt maybe go in here or even sometimes in round seven. So now you can cuff Hunt. Hunt, people don't realize you can cuff Hunt in Chubb again. Um, AJ Dillon, I suppose, goes somewhere in this range, six and seven. And Aaron Jones can go somewhere in this range. It's such a wide range. It depends on who you're drafting with. So you could certainly cuff the two, yeah. And AJ Dillon's the better player. Like, I, I, I've drafted Aaron Jones when I'm in a bind. I'm not going to lie. Like, I've drafted him. It hasn't felt great. I have cuffed him, but part of me's wondered like, should I have got, should I have just gone a wide receiver that I like, or gone with the early quarterback approach like a Herbert instead of taking Aaron Jones and then just having AJ Dillon and Herbert and eventually having the starter anyway? Because I don't know that Aaron Jones is staying healthy. Aaron Jones most likely, unless he has a baller year, like an AJ Dillon goes down and Aaron Jones goes off. He'll probably get cut next offseason because I think he saves the team 10 to $13 million to cut him. So there's a good chance he gets released next offseason unless he balls out. If he balls out, then, you know. Here you go, Smitty. Me there's too, the w link too. again, brother. Appreciate I it. appreciate you and Terry and Ryan and Kenny P and everybody that's helped chip in. This rebuild is going to really help me yeah. feel better about taking care of my mom. But I can't do myself. And together we don't have the means. But together as a community with my friend Mark Holmes from the Joe Boo Sports Report coming down in June. He's a carpenter that rebuilds homes and he's going to do what he can with the money we raise for materials. So every bit helps. Awesome, man. We got a whole crew of volunteers coming. And right now we just need money for materials. And that's what y'all are helping out. 
I pre I pre- I appreciate you, man. And uh, I pinned that 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 message on my Twitter. So if you guys would go on over to my tweeter, if you want to help out D2W Stew, who's practically family around here, you can do so by going over to my tweeter. And let me drop that link to my Twitter in there, and you can you can find uh, I pinned it. It's right there. I pinned it in the chat, and that's my Twitter. And then it's I just pinned his message on my Twitter. So go go find it. Appreciate you, D two W two. Get better quick. We appreciate you, buddy. Um, I think we're done with the voicemail segment. We have a couple minutes. We could open the phone line, I suppose. Call into the show. Call, call, call into the show. Call into the show. Dial 602 NFL. Call into the show. Dial 602. Uh, let me activate it first. One second. Sorry. Active. Okay. Phone line's active. Uh, 602 NFL dong like the bell. Call into the show. Dial 602 NFL dong. Dial in. NFL dong. Dial in. Let's go. Uh, we got a couple minutes left. I can answer those questions and then let's let's hit the uh, chat until we get a call here. Um, thank you, D2. Appreciate you. Smitty, you missed a super from Ryan. Okay, Ryan, I'm sorry. Ryan, are you there? Here we go. Ryan says, offer for the house was accepted this evening. Whoa, boy. Ryan, congratulations on getting a house. What's up, buddy boy? You are live on the Fantasy Football Show. What can I do for you? What's going on, Smitty? Who is this? D2 here, brother. D2, what's up, D2? D2W Stu, sir. Uh, enough about the whole cancer and whatnot. On a football note, okay, make me feel a little bit better. Tell me how you feel about my Dallas Cowboys top playmakers. Um, I think that I like the Tolbert kid. We talked about him earlier. I think CeeDee Lamb's going to have a big year, especially if he, he's used in the slot. you got to use him in the slot. I think the Dallas Cowboys know this. I think Dak and him had some trouble connecting last year. I hope that that gets resolved. I think Tony Pollard's season's upon us. I think Zeke Elliott's going to break very fast. He could be good out the gate, maybe, maybe not. And if he is, if he's used a lot, he will break. Um, so bad news there on the Zeke front. I don't think his mileage is through the roof, like over a thousand, I believe total touches, no running back even comes close to that number. He's the only player we even know of. There's no one relevant that has had the amount of workload he's had. Um, he's a little bit different of a guy. He's kind of an older school, um, stays healthy, gets a lot of mileage. I get it. I get it. He might, he might have that kind of left. Uh, you know, in the in the in the he might have a little left in the reserve, but we'll see. I think it's Tony Pollard season. I think Dalton Schultz is going to pick up a lot of the slack that was left by Amari Cooper. Um, so Dalton Schultz, I think, is a top five tight end in fantasy football. Tony Pollard's a breakout top ten running back in the games that he starts. I don't know that he'll start more than five games, three games, ten games, six games. I have no idea. So he won't be a, necessarily a top ten running back overall. But per start, I think he definitely will be. He's one of the most elusive running backs in the NFL. One of the best yards per carry, I believe, last year. I'm not sure if you have that information, D2. 
but uh, I think he was like in the top like five, I think, in yards per carry. Do, do I have that right? Yeah, to- Tony's, Tony's a baller. We still don't know here in Dallas why the hell they're not using him more. Well, I love Zeke as a fan, and we're in agreement. I, I stay away from Zeke and Dynasty. I like him in redraft, though, if he can stay healthy. They're going to beef up that offensive line, and they already clocked him at 22 miles an hour. He's working out even with the rookies there. He's he's fired up and ready to go. How long can he stay healthy is the question. Yeah. Uh, let me see if I if I have that correct on the yards per carry. Maybe maybe I'm wrong on that, but let me let me see. Uh, yards per carry in 2021. Where was Pollard? No, he was lapping Zeke by like a yard and a half a carry. Yeah, or more. I, if you look at running backs that had over a certain number of carries, um, I want to say is like well over like 20 or 30. You know. Uh, he he was one of the top running backs. So Pollard, yeah, Pollard. I honestly don't think that they'll keep Pollard five, though. Five point five yards. If balls out, they'll let him go. Five point five yards per carry. Five point five yards per carry. And only Rashad Penny had. They don't pay right. What? No, I say only Rashad Penny had yeah. more yards per carry uh, of running backs getting. And uh, yeah, of getting a massive amount, I believe. I don't know if I think that stat's correct. I, this is a weird stat that I'm trying to find on this page here. But anyway, I like Pollard. I think yeah, it's tough to know what his future holds. But in for 2022, I think you guys are gonna have a good year. I'd be lying to you, D2, if I told you that I thought you guys were gonna make an NFC Championship appearance. But I think you guys have. Oh. I think you guys have like a top six, you know, to seven team in the NFC. Uh, you're, you and Green Bay are those teams that I feel like a lot of things got to be perfect for you to advance to a NFC championship game. I'm not saying it's impossible. I just think that the, it's tough. It's tough, but, but it's better to be in the NFC than the AFC. Cause they're, there's, they're more, more vulnerable teams, I think. So I'm 44. I've, I've learned to grow with no one, not set my expectations too high. Yeah. And I honestly think they cut McCarthy off in the knees and he'll be gone next year. If not mid season for either Dan Quinn probably Dan Quinn, I'd imagine. I appreciate you letting me know all yep. that and I do appreciate all you guys. Uh get better soon, man. This is a this is a tough one and y'all help me get through it. So yep. Keep much it, love. Keep us posted. Get and better take soon. Take the next call, all right. Yep, appreciate you, man. Love you guys. You you are live on the fantasy football show. What's up, Smitty? This is Axe. How you going? What's, what's up, Axe? I appreciate you calling in, pal. What can I do for All you? Right. Yes, sir. Listen, in a 12-team league, what round would you draft a quarterback in? Um, there's no set round. For, like I don't know if you see a lot of my quarterback content. Uh, it's kind of all spread out, so I don't blame you for not being able to pinpoint. Ziggy, show me the front door. Who's at the front door, Axe? Is that you? <laughs> Um, it, it's best player available. It's always best player available. It's the mailman, Ziggy off. Right. It's always best player available. That means I'm, that means that if if it's Josh Allen at three point one two, it's Josh Allen. You know, if it's Josh Allen at four point oh two, it's yeah, Josh yeah. Allen. If it's Herbert at five point five, it's Herbert. Like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna pass on Herbert at five point seven or five point ten because I can also get a guy I love a lot in Russell Wilson. I'll have another league 
where I'll draft Russell Wilson. But I'm not going to pass on early quarterback or middle round or early quarterback drafting just because it's what other people do. It's what other people say. Oh, quarterbacks are so deep. You don't take one early. It all depends. Like if you're in a draft and I'll show you on the, on the marker board here. I'm not sure if you're watching the show as well, or you could watch the replay. But if we're, if we're on, if we're sitting here on the marker board and we've got Herbert sitting right here in the fifth round, you got Herbs and you don't see a wide receiver that you absolutely love. There are no great running backs left. And you're forcing yourself. Let me just look at a mock draft here. Mock draft we did here. You're looking at Amari Cooper. You're looking at uh, potentially Godwin, who's coming back from an ACL tear. Like you're telling me, because you can get a quarterback late, because other people do this, that we can't take Herbert here. When you're talking about Amari Cooper, you're talking about. Godwin, you're talking about players like that Hopkins, who's going to be suspended for six games. Why on earth am I going to take one of those guys that I don't even know that I like over a guy that could be the number one overall scorer in fantasy football? And then guess what? If someone's taking their quarterback like Russell Wilson here at the end of round seven, well, guess who I might take at round seven? Maybe I'll take at seven or eight, I'll take Rashad White. Or someone that I love that I think is going to break out. I take Rashad White and Herbert, and somebody gets what Amari Cooper and a quarterback they love. It's it's you got to compare apples to apples. And for me, it's very easy. It's a very easy call for me to say if they're the best player on the board and it's screaming at you, you take them. You don't worry about where or plan on it a certain way. Best player avail- available drafting is beautiful because. You you can go down any avenue with best player available. People think, oh, best player available means you can't go robust RB. Best player available means you can't go wide receiver, wide receiver, zero running back. You, best player available leads you down all roads. And best player available acts as not taking the, the highest ranked ADP player left on the board. That's a big misconception and people don't understand best player available. Best player available is to you. It could be the 10th guy, 10th guy on the pre-ranked list that everyone's overlooking still could be the best player available because in your mind, he can outscore everybody by a mile where you're drafting him. That's best player available. Gotcha. Gotcha. Thank you so much, man. You got anything else? Uh, No, sir. Okay. Appreciate you, man. One more caller and then we're shutting the phone lines down. The phone lines down. One more caller, 602. Call into the show. Dial 602. NFL dong. Dial in. Let's do it. Dak is not that guy, in my opinion. That injury was tough, says Drew. Okay, Drew. Uh, Drew, I agree he's not top three or four, but he's that guy in terms of the Cowboy getting the most out of Lamb. Like, he's a good enough quarterback to get... Like, look at Jefferson. Look how good Jefferson is. Cousins isn't that guy. You know, so Dak's more of that guy than Cousins is. So I'm much happier with with Lamb's quarterback situation. I only dream that, that Jefferson could have a Dak Prescott someday soon. You know, not that Dak's that guy. I get what you're saying, but Dak is pretty good. You know, he's not top four or five in my opinion. He's like, he's a guy that can fold a nine or ten out of all quarterbacks because it's such a close, you know, six to fourteen. 
Um, all right. That's all she wrote for today's show. I appreciate every single one of you being here. We've got about a 90 to 100 people in the room. Please smash the thumbs up on your way out the door. Just Deshaun Watson, that like button. Just, just pulverize it. And on top of that, subscribe if you're new. So many of you that are subscribed don't actually hit the subscribe button. Or, I mean, that watch. Hit that subscribe button if you're new and wipe your feet at the door. So many of you watching don't actually hit the subscribe button. And and it helps the channel a ton. So please punch it. Subscribe. Hit the bell notification. And you know when I go live. I do emergency live streams. When do I go live? I go live. Whoops. Anytime there's breaking news, your boy Smitty goes live. Um, I'll be here tomorrow. We're live every Monday through Friday, 7 p.m. Eastern to 8 p.m. Eastern every single Monday through Friday. And unless there's an emergency show, I will go live earlier as well. Um, Get on over to sleeperu.com and get your lifetime membership. Get your text advice, your one-on-one text line over at sleeperu.com like a university. Get on over there and subscribe to my content, my written content, my rankings, all of it is at sleeperu.com. And don't forget to get on over to smitty1.com and click on that underdog fantasy banner. That helps the channel a ton. If you do a $10 minimum deposit, you know you've been wanting to play best ball. Go try it out at smitty1.com. I will see you all tomorrow, 7 p.m. Eastern. And if we've got breaking news earlier, and I reply to every single comment in my YouTube videos. So comment below, will you? And if you're still here, uh, Michael KCPA is still the top super chatter of the year in a single live stream with 199 bucks. Knock him off. Somebody knock him off. I forgot to put that up all show. Michael, remind me if that's not up on a live stream. Uh, Michael KCPA, top left corner. Niners by nature, I think, is still the leader on the year with like a $300 total or something crazy. So Niner by nature, appreciate you if you're out there. Michael KCPA, appreciate you, and I appreciate anybody that knocks off Michael KCPA from the top single live stream super chatter spot. So come get him. Come get him. Take him down.
Later, everybody. Appreciate you.